Welcome to today's episode of The Square. We are really excited to be on location in what is, I hope, the first of many Square episodes um, that are out of the studio. I'm joined by Melinda Gardner, who's the principal here at Walnut Springs Elementary. We're just a stone's throw from Austin, Dripping Springs. And Aaron Ortwine, who is an education architect in the Austin office. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for this having us. This is like really exciting. We're gonna have to do like some behind the scenes photos because nobody will appreciate all the setup that went into this. <laughs> Never. So we're in the middle of September when we're filming this and hopefully this will air really soon and we're, we're basically in back to school season. Um, and you know, when I took my son and dropped him off at school, a lot of what I think people in general, and particularly parents think about when you think about school is a place where their kids go, a place that is in service of children. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is it's also a very highly specialized workplace for school staff and for teachers. Um, so I, I want to kind of dive into some of the intricacies of that. Before we do, I'd love to get a little bit of why education, Melinda, like what, what fulfills you in this career? So education is one of those things that it's just been um, something I've loved since I was little. Um, down the road at Patton Elementary, I had some teachers that really kind of sparked that passion for me. And it's just been something I've always been drawn to. There were kind of some top five things in life that I wanted to do. And it just, everything always came back to education. I think the root of it is people. I love people, love being around people. And then yeah. especially our little people. So our <laughs> kids that, um, that we get to serve. But I love to just be working with others, being in collaboration, being of service to others and just getting to see all the moments um, when you really step back and reflect on what we do day in and day out, because you can get caught up in the managerial side of sure. things, but when we're out in the building and we're in the classrooms and we're interacting with kiddos and we have so many moments, whether it's helping them through a challenge, helping them through a behavioral situation, helping them with things going on with peers, whether it's academics, just, um, all the moments we have, there's, uh, you know, almost every day, especially when we're out in the classrooms, that we have those moments of this is why we do what we do, yeah. you know, and getting to help families. I spend a lot of time working with families that, you know, maybe things that are happening at home or bleeding over into the school and being able to work with families on how to try to have those solutions for them to make sure that their kiddos are being successful here. But ultimately day in and day out, we get to be a part of children's journey and foundation and um, growth and development. And so what could be more exciting and fulfilling than that? Was there was there a particular teacher growing up that kind of stands out for you as like an example of somebody you wanted to be? Or I have several. And I think my, my first like very favorite teacher was my first grade teacher, Mrs. Gustafson. Um, and I, I always just think back to her class and just, I, she gave me just a love of learning and mm. I wanted to be like her. And then there was Miss <laughs> Jones and there was Miss Cutler and Miss Elder. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. Is there, was the transition from teacher to principal something that you thought you would do eventually or? So it's kind of interesting because I don't, I have actually wanted to do that since I was in high school. So really? it was, and I wanted to be, what I actually wanted to be was a high school age. AP. It was just that role whenever I was in high school and getting to see what an AP's role was because they were so involved with kids and at a high school age, just such a pivotal moment in kids' lives mm. and getting to be a part of that and helping them to be on a particular path. So I always thought that I was going to be a um, secondary assistant principal. 
And um, just as time went on, I found my niche in elementary and fell in love with it. And so this is where I've stayed. So Erin, let's talk a little bit about you. There's, there's a lot of different types of architecture that you can kind of go into. Why education for you? For me, it started when I was a kid as well. Um, in sixth grade or so, someone said, oh, you could be an architect when you grew up because I was interested in math, I was interested in art, and I kind of hung on to that little nugget. But it wasn't until high school when I really decided, okay, this is what I want to do because I looked around at my, my school, which was very safe, it was clean, it was a really solid place to learn, but I felt like I could do better. Mm -hmm. I felt like there were things that were missing as a student going there that I could maybe help for that next generation, for those other students going through that pivotal time that Melinda mentioned, and just everybody remembers their high school experience. So that was what led me to really want to jump into education, architecture specifically. And then you go through school, and you learn about the profession, and you actually dig in. You realize you get to work with people, and that part is really satisfying. I love just the collaboration it takes mm -hmm. to bring a project to life from conception to design to you know getting all the details to work and then you actually get to walk through at the end of the day and it's so rewarding and working yeah. with all the people that we get to work with is fabulous. I would imagine on a smaller scale getting to walk through a project that you've seen all the way through is kind of like having a student come back to you after they've you know gone to high school mm -hmm. and graduated and just kind of see it all grown up is, is really cool. So let's talk a little bit about the school because as I said before it's while it's not necessarily the first thing people think about, it's an extremely specialized work environment for a really critical group of people in our teachers. So let's talk a little bit about the school. You know, as we said before, it's a very highly specialized workplace environment for a critical group of people being our teachers. Um, what is the, you know, the thought of the process that goes in, especially after the last 18 months that we've had, in terms of creating a workplace that is fulfilling and engaging and, and some place that teachers can effectively and want to come work. Absolutely. I think there's a few key things that we've learned uh, as time has evolved with design and education, specific design, and that's flexibility is huge. Mm -hmm. We know, you know some of the ways that teachers teach now, but we don't know how teachers are going to teach in 5, 10, 15 years. So knowing that those unknowns exist, we want to try and plan for them, provide for them. We also know that teachers have a huge range of styles and how they mm -hmm. teach and how they serve their students that might change month to month with curriculum, that might change year to year with the, the type of students that they have in their class. So giving them that flexibility in their classroom so they can really make it their own, bring that their whole self to that experience every day is really something that we try to focus on. So Melinda, being on the front line and, and being a part of all those meetings and seeing this campus kind of come to life, are there, what are some of the things that, you know, really stand out for you? And one of the things I'm going to piggyback on what Aaron said, because flexibility is so key. And one of the things you didn't mention was how um, outdoor space plays into that mm -hmm. flexibility. So there's so many opportunities that teachers, especially I think at the elementary level can do um, outdoors. So part of that flexibility for us was being able to take our learning outdoors and being able to create the spaces for that. So here at um, our new Walnut, we have a lot of really fantastic outdoor spaces that allows for even more flex flexibility um, in that manner. In addition to flexibility, um, some really uh, critical things for our teachers and staff was 
uh, large classroom sizes. Mm. So of course that's really important. Again, that allows for the indoor flexibility that we need. Um, a really neat design that we have here that um, we didn't even realize in the moment till teachers got in the room is there's really not a front to the classroom. So you can rearrange things the way we have um, our mobile boards this year, um, such as the one back here behind us, um, instead of having our um, monitors that are from this, or projectors, excuse me, from the ceiling, um, that allows so much more flexibility. And so teachers, you know, can have a group of kids facing one way and it works just fine. They can move their room the other way. Um, but so that big open classroom space, the, the way the classrooms are built around a pod ended up being really important for them too. Um, a lot of traditional classrooms are just one really long hallway and so if you've got seven teachers on a team the distance between teacher one and teacher seven in that hallway if you think about it they are really spread out and so not getting to have that interaction with each other quite as much so then when you bring them around a, a more pod like space they're able to interact with each other all throughout the day um, in addition, that pod, having that collaboration space, they're able to use it. So teachers go out and use that during their planning time. But that's been really neat to see, especially in our older grade levels. There's kids constantly flowing in and out of classrooms and working together in those collaboration spaces and not just being in these, you know, desks and rows in classrooms, yeah. which fosters um, a whole different type of learning. Have you, have you, in terms, I mean, obviously when the teachers are more satisfied and happier and effective at what they do, I think it, you, that can't help but go to the children. Right. Is Have you heard things from the kids about, you know, different pieces, aside from just being a new building because everybody likes something new, is there elements of the design that they really connect with? Uh, yeah, and getting to see that was one of the neatest moments. So, you, you know, kind of seeing the whole thing come um, to fruition and the first time getting to see kids come and just the awe and their eyes and kind of the wonderment. Um, the colors have a big play. Mm. Um, the natural lighting has a big play. Mm. Um, the wider hallways, um, again, the collaboration spaces, the types of furniture, there's just a lot of really fun, um, neat seating that we have and flexible seating. Um, and so some part of our vision here for the school was being able to have a children's uh, museum like feel for kids and kind of this whimsical feel. And that's exactly what the kids have been saying as they come in. So it naturally just sparks this wonderment and inquiry for them. And so that's been really important for us. So I want to talk a little bit more about the outdoor spaces mm -hmm. because uh, one of my favorite things about coming to Austin, aside from the tacos, is you the know barbecue. in the barbecue of course. is just being able to be outside like i love the hills mm -hmm. and the topography and it's a great place to be outside how does that play into some of the outdoor spaces you brought in for the campus yeah and i think that was in addition to our vision of that uh, children museum like feel mm -hmm. was a um, taking the indoors out bringing the outdoors in um, and so with some of the learning spaces and covered patios that we've talked about, but play in general, just play, not right. even just the, the, the learning spaces for outside, but play is such a huge role in um, the development of kids. There's so many just social skills, problem solving, um, there's just a lot of brain development that occurs through play outside. Aaron and I had lots of conversations about that. Um, and then in addition, just the flow of the space outside um, from having, you know, the grassy knoll areas, the multiple playgrounds, having our turf spaces in between. And so besides that play for kids and being so critical, we do, you know, schools are a community hub. And so being able to have that flow for community events and when we have 
um, you know, our big family events, which we had one for our back to school bash. And that was incredible to be able to see just the way we had that all set up and it allowed for everybody to be out there. We were able to have a DJ set up. There were kids playing in the playground, room to bring in the bounce house. We had the Kona ice truck on the back. There were people basically picnicking out on the ground. And so um, that was really important too. Another um, really neat outdoor space that we were able to have was what I called an outdoor motor lab pad. And so that was, uh, many schools have inside, have a, a motor lab pad um, that kids are able to access, but we wanted one again, taking things outdoors. Yeah. And so we have this beautiful turfed area that's got equipment that's out there to meet their sensory needs. And so that's another really neat opportunity. I love that idea of community. I mean, not so many times you think of a school as where you just drop your kids off and they learn, but you're really bringing a lot of that community aspect in. Was that, was community part of the design and, and how this process happened? Yeah, we definitely had conversations about when we have events, um, how will that occur here and how can we proactively design spaces that allow for that more natural flow. So our campus has a Walnut Palooza every year. That's our big PTA fundraiser. That's and awesome. so this is so ideal the way we have the outdoor spaces set up to be able to bring everybody together. Um, was that part of what you wanted to, you know, you were talking about when you were growing up and wishing that maybe you could have spoken into the ear <laughs> of the architects that design your high school. Is that part of the process? Absolutely. Um, you know, schools really are communities, and they're reflected in the space that they exist. So in this school, it was wonderful to get to have so much community involvement from the staff and teacher level who were incredibly generous with their time. We had existing teachers we could actually ask for feedback, you know, get that one-on-one, -on -one, what makes a space work for you, what are you excited about, with the opportunity to have a new school and a new design, how would you work with your peers and how would you work with your students and what can we do with the design to enable that further. Mm. Um, but bigger than that, we actually had multiple community input sessions from parents, whether it was a survey that was sent out, from um, community events in the evenings and the mornings, making sure that we got all aspects of that input so that we could incorporate Walnut Springs to make sure it fit the Walnut Springs family. I think whenever, you know, part of that process and that design process is looking through multiple lenses. And mm -hmm. so that was neat to be able to do. So of course, looking through the lens and the eyes of a kiddo and what is it that they would want and what is it that would make school so fun and inviting and a place that they just want to come back every day. Of course, looking through the lens of teachers and staff and just the functionality. And again, what kind of environment and work environment is it physically for them to be in? And then of course that lens from community and what can we do to make sure that this is an inviting space that allows for community opportunities. Okay. So we've talked a lot about the building and, and, and the impact it has on the, the, the students and the teachers, um, but can it also have an impact in the retention of those teachers? Because I know, you know, it has been a unique and rough last 18 months. I w there was a New York Times article that um, said disruptions to education during the pandemic are turning people away from a profession that was already struggling to attract new recruits. How can design have an effect um, or potentially promote both retention and recruiting new blood uh, for the teachers? 
Well, it's interesting because there is a lot of research behind one students and what the building looks like and the the impact that that has on students and their success. Of course, it does in workplaces too. And so um, I know Aaron's heard this before that yes, it was a really tough um, years. It's turning into yeah. years, right? Yeah. Um, and so it was really nice the first time that we brought some of our staff over here um, at the end of a very exhausting long school year and feeling excited about the upcoming school year because of the school and the place that they were going to get to work in. So getting to come in, seeing this space, for example, our collaboration corner where teachers get to come in and meet and do professional development, but just the feel of this. It's it's this warm, kind of like you're in your living room getting to do um, learning. And so um, it plays it plays a big role in coming in and feeling good and having pride in the place that you're working in, but that it also is meeting your needs to be able to do your job. Are there elements that you think about, Erin, when you're designing um, that are specifically targeted towards helping campus leadership with retention and satisfaction and, and even recruiting of new teachers? Absolutely, and I think it comes back to some of those things we touched on earlier, that flexibility in the classroom and natural light, bringing the outdoors in. Mm -hmm. We know that teachers spend an amazing, amazing amount of time and effort day-to-day um, -day teaching, but also all the after-hour time it mm -hmm. takes to get ready for those lessons. And if they're going to spend it here at school, we want them to be as comfortable as possible. So giving them spaces where they can have that professional development, they can have some heads down time, um, and they can really make the school their own so that they feel like, okay, I do want to get up and go there every day. And bringing those in um, really is a goal that we have every time. Similar, I would imagine, to the collaboration corner. It's not just a place to, you know, eat your lunch and get a coffee. You've got all this technology. You've got, you know, comfortable couches, things that really kind of make it something that can be relaxing for them. Absolutely. Um, bringing the technology in so that you can reconfigure um, to suit your needs, whether you're doing a small training one-on-one -on -one or a full staff training, having those places where you can go in the campus that support those different needs, that scalability is really important and part of that flexibility. So awesome. flexibility kept coming to mind again. Okay. It's yeah. just each of these spaces have so much flexibility. So even our lounge, which is so fun to get to walk by, um, very different from the lounge that we had before. And every day it's filled with teachers that are in there that really just kind of in fellowship with each other, right? They are able to yeah. talk some work stuff, but mm -hmm. it just creates an environment where they can talk on personal levels and feel comfortable. But then also it's got, you know, because it does have a whiteboard in there and the way the tables are, you could easily conduct interviews or have a meeting or have a training in that lounge and with the counter right behind you with the coffee and all yeah. the things that you need to make it more pleasurable. <laughs> make it through the day. Yeah. <laughs> and I can even in the background hear some of the teachers in, in the lounge next door. I'm, I'm curious, how do you balance that flexibility between things? You, you don't want everything in a room to be on rollers because then it feels a little <laughs> bit transient, but you, you do want to balance that flexibility of having things that can move around and adjust versus some permanent anchors in the design. How do you balance that? A lot of it is thinking through, you know, what could you do differently? So we have multiple places where people can plug in technology. We have multiple places that can be the front of the room, like Melinda mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. so that if you think, okay, for this setting, I want to look that way, and I have this configuration versus, oh, we're going to do a little bit differently next time because we're talking about something else, or we have a different um, level of uh, focus, and you can turn your attention to a different direction. So thinking about those items when we build out the space, when we work through the design and what actually goes in the wall and 
on the wall and in all those places. All of those things are in the forethought of our mind when we're laying out a space. And I think important for that too is just there is kids and teachers both spend so much time here and so being able to shift things around so you keep it fresh and new mm -hmm. and it, it feels fresh and new whenever you can move things around and adjust and so I think that was um, always at the forefront too. Well to that end are there things when you think about the future and how a campus will need to evolve what are some of the specific things you're you're putting into the design to allow for that evolution? I think some of it is thinking about, you know, you've got, especially on an elementary campus, you've got different needs for different age groups. You've got your pre-K kiddos who have a very different experience day to day than your fifth grade students. Yeah. And the way you teach those students is also very different from what I understand. <laughs> so when we looked at those pod designs, we also took that into consideration, getting feedback from Melinda and her leadership team, getting feedback from the teachers. How does this space support this type of learning for this age group? and making sure that those parts and pieces fit as we went up in grade level and as we looked at bringing the outside in and looking at not only small groups, but medium-sized groups and large groups and how all of that interaction could play out into the layout of a school. All right, I'm gonna put you on the spot, Melinda. Is there something, is there anything you would do differently having 2020 looking back over this process? It's a great question. I don't know if we've had quite enough time in here yet yeah. to figure that out. And part of you know what I have I've said to people is I've wanted to get the kiddos in here because the kids are gonna really teach us how to use the space. Mm. They're gonna think of things that we haven't thought of. And so, you know, we're only, I think, three and a half weeks in, if I'm not mistaken. Time flies when you're having fun, right? <laughs> um, and so um, I think we need a little bit more time to really be able to see, you know, what would we do differently? I know, of course, there's some little things here and there, the the acoustics. And so mm -hmm. in, in our big spacious hallways and having the concrete floors, of course, is one. But we're working around those as well. And. Um, working to see how we can reduce some of the noise in those spaces. But really, it's going to come down to spending more time, um, especially the kids teaching us mm -hmm. how, how to use the spaces. And I think with the teachers, too, um, kind of that same thing over time. They're going to think of some things, but really the kiddos are, are the, the root of it, and they're going to let us know that's, the really great ways to use that's it. That's a great cycle considering they're teaching you how to use uh -huh. the space and the mm -hmm. teachers are... They're, the, they're so imaginative and um, just the ideas that they come up with. And they're problem solvers, too. Yeah. And so um, they'll really come up with some great ideas for what we need to do. What was opening day like for you, watching them get to experience the space for the first time? Yeah, that was, that was really fantastic. Um, just, again, so much excitement and the wows and I can't wait hearing that I can't wait to come to school um, yeah. so you know when it, when it was our meet the teacher night and then a few days until school started and they them just being so excited um, to be here and come and and I think of course people were worried about you know the size of it and um, and that it was going to be too small and it was like oh my gosh it's so spacious yeah. and so <laughs> so big but every corner kids turned on that day and families turned um, hearing what families were saying as they were leaving was really nice to hear too. And then again, um, the ultimate for me was that the back to school bash component that evening that was all outside. Yeah. I went upstairs and there's views everywhere um, in the hill country. One of our teachers has called this 
um, that we have a farmhouse schoolhouse. <laughs> so all of our views, you can see the whole country, but getting to look out and just see, like I said before, the community spread outside um, of the building, it was, yeah, it was, and just getting to see that whole um, cycle, you know, it had been a long journey and then seeing, you know, when you, there's some anticipation and yeah. um, some nervousness in that anticipation of, oh my goodness, uh, you know, I hope this is what they hoped for too. Yeah. And so, and hearing the continued, you know, um, what I decide three and a half weeks that we might be in, <laughs> yeah. um, but that continued excitement of, of kids and hearing parents telling us that, that their, you know, students when they come home are like, I can't wait to go back. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I think is also sometimes taken for granted is the amount of technology that goes into a school <laughs> and creating the agility that complements the flexibility of a mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. What is that like to try and design around that? We try to put ourselves in the shoes of a teacher or of a student for that day and say, how would we go about this activity? So let's say you're having a small group activity and you need to use your teaching tool, which in this case was mobile flat panels, in one corner of the room. And then maybe you're going to co-teach and work with your, uh, your peer across the way. Mm -hmm. And so you pull all those kids out into the pod. You need flexibility and technology to support that activity. So um, there's a number of tools that we use to make sure that we build in the flexibility and the agility for teachers to use those components to build on their lessons. Um, things like Wi-Fi, having multiple drops everywhere. Just thinking of every space as a multimodal space so that there is no front of the room there is no this is the only place you can do this mm -hmm. everything is on the table everywhere is um, a teaching and learning tool you're, you're literally keeping from working them into a corner <laughs> pretty much is there you know when you think about how kids learn and so much of it is going into um, maker spaces and being able to be mm -hmm. outside and have that hands-on teaching how important is that for the students especially thinking about how to prepare them for the future um, so those, especially like the makerspace, they are so excited to get to go there. It's just fun and imaginative and getting to create, but they're also problem solving while they get to do it. And so that's a really fun space that our kids um, look forward um, to going to that. And then we also have our little recording studio where we do our Tiger News Flash, our TNF. So our That's fourth awesome. and fifth graders really look forward to that. And they love the, the design of that new studio this year. We even have, um, with it having the clear windows all the way around, kids kind of pretend like they're on the Today Show. And so sometimes we have them with little <laughs> walnut and tiger signs and dripping That's spring awesome. signs in the background. But they, they do their own little broadcast and run the camera. And so that's been neat for them because um, at our previous campus that was in the makerspace and so they have their own little studio that just it feels like they're really doing the job. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the future and and what's next. Erin we'll start with you. I know you have uh, somebody you're going to be taking care of for a few months but then after that what's the next uh, project or, or opportunity for you? It's a really fun thing about this job is being an education architect. You always get to look forward to that next cool project, that next way that you're impacting the community, you're building classrooms and schools and teaching spaces and specialized work environments for all of these wonderful people. And I'm excited about that next school. That's awesome. Melinda, obviously you need to get to the end of the school year, <laughs> but what do you think is next for Walnut Springs? 
I think for us really, and it just, it sounds simple, but really just settling in, you know, you think about when you move into a new home, it takes a little bit of time. You know, you might start with things in one place and then you realize that, no, that doesn't feel quite right. And so I think it's really about settling in for us and, and really figuring out exactly what is most comfortable here. And then again, boils down to the different ways that, like I said before, that our students will um, show us how to use this space and getting to watch them flourish here. Well, I'm excited for both of you. Thank you so much for inviting us in and letting us do this square episode here. Um, I'm going to go grab some Austin barbecue for lunch. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching and joining us. Make sure that you check out in the description below for more about some of the research that has been talked about as well as more square episodes.